Welcome back to another episode of FCS Delivered, presented by FedEx Ground. I'm Craig Haley, FCS Senior Editor for Stats Perform and TheAnalyst.com, along with Gary Reasons. Gary, two-time Super Bowl champion with the New York Giants, also a College Football Hall of Famer, three-time All-American at uh, Northwestern State University. Gary, how you doing today? It's a fantastic week, Craig. We had a great weekend of FCS football. We're going to go through all of it. And uh, we had a little Halloween treat yesterday, which was fun. So uh, <laughs> it's always good to follow up a little holiday. <laughs> well, Gary, our uh, FCS Delivered is uh, produced by Seth Biley and Graham Bell. You can find all our coverage on theanalyst.com. And of course, our uh, FCS Delivered podcast, you can find it on all the platforms, you know, Spotify, Amazon. Apple, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeart uh, Radio, and, and even more. And of course, you can also watch us on our YouTube channel. Just search for FCS Delivered. And that's a great place to find all our content as far as Gary's FCS uh, National Awards on campus visits, where he visits a campus every week, see the videos, see the interviews. It's just great stuff on our uh, YouTube channel. Now, in today's episode, Gary, we will review uh, Week nine, uh, great action all around the FCS. We'll, we'll find out what on-campus visit you had this week in segment two. And of course, we're gonna set up a big week 10 as we move into November, three weeks left of the regular season for, for most conferences. So it, it's just uh, a lot to talk about. We're looking forward to it, Gary. It is, it's a lot to talk about. There's a lot going on. It is. It is. It's, it's it's conference action for sure, Craig, and that's what you're talking about here. When you get into the November schedule here and in, in, in all levels of college football, this is where you're going to start winning conference championships. And at the FCS level, you're going to have an entry into the FCS playoffs, whichever team, that's their goal they set out at the top of the season. And yeah, speaking of which, uh, Florida A&M actually clinched a spot in the SWAC championship game this past week by beating Prairie View. Uh, A&M, uh, Florida A&M is, is the winner of the, the East Division and, and will play in the December 2nd championship game. Probably will wind up hosting it. Great to see, you know, all these bids starting to happen. Now, they got over the uh, Jackson State hump this year by beating uh, Florida A&M, beat Jackson State to open uh, their conference season. So that is the difference here uh, as, as opposed to recent weeks. But Jackson State has gone on to have a big season. And I do want to point out what happened this past week in, in, in week nine, Gary. Leilani Armenta became the first female player to uh, score points in an FCS HBCU game. She kicked three extra points in a win over Arkansas Pine Bluff. You know, Leilani was uh, originally intending to play soccer at Jackson State. She's a freshman, but here she is making history for the Jackson State Tigers. Congratulations, Leilani. Put some points on the board. Jackson State loved liking that. Hey, you know, Coach Prime did some unique things there, and uh, Leilani's doing some unique things. So good job there at Jackson State. Congrats to Leilani. Now, our FedEx Ground uh, game of the week for, uh, this past week was number one versus number four, and it turned into a mismatch. I mean, South Dakota State, obviously the top-ranked team in, in all of FCS, they kind of rolled 37-3 to three win at number four, South Dakota. They were the Jackrabbits trailed three nothing, Gary, after the first quarter, and just took over and really cemented uh, first place in, in the Missouri Valley Football Conference. 
Yeah, I was keeping an eye on that one, Craig, and, you know, it just did not go to the way of South Dakota. So South Dakota State really, they just kind of took off after the uh, first part of the, of the first quarter, and they just rolled, as you said, uh, onto a victory there. So congratulations to the Jackrabbits. They, you know, they continue to be unblemished and, uh, you know, kind of got uh, on top once again of their in-state rival. Yeah, I, I tell you what, uh, fourth quarter, I actually turned it off. And at that point, Amar Johnson scored his second 20-yard touchdown run. Uh, the defense just dominated the Coyotes, uh, only allowed under 200 yards. So, uh, you know, the, our picks for FCS Game of the Week have been terrific all year, but the Jackrabbits really just made, made it a little different this past week. Now, number one rolled, Gary, but number two got uh, upset. Uh, Idaho won at home 24-21 in the, inside the Kibbe Dome, beat Montana State. It was a late touchdown in the final three minutes. Uh, Giovanni McCoy threw a touchdown pass to Hayden Hatton. Uh, they go back and forth in the big sky, Gary, and Idaho had this one. Yeah, Idaho has done a, a pretty nice job there. They kind of rebounded. Uh, Jason X got that team rolling. And, you know, the, the, the combination you talked about, uh, Craig, Giovanni McCoy and Hayden Hatton. That is one that is just a consistency for that football team that every team ha that they play has to contend with because that's a very powerful duo there. And they've, they've made that connection over again throughout the last couple of seasons. And I think it's, it's still pretty, it's going to keep them, you know, in the mix here because that's a passing game and an, an offense with, with Idaho that can really uh, just kind of fire, uh, get, get, get it lit up pretty well. And Idaho's playing pretty well. Yeah, everybody's, you know, gunning for those top two spots in, in, uh, with the playoff committee because then you're guaranteed a, uh, a home play, playoff game all the way through the, the semifinals leading into Frisco. So that is a, a big, big deal. Obviously, the selection committee includes the uh, Stats Perform FCS Top 25 poll as, as a tool. Right now, you know, Idaho moved up to, to number three after this big win. We have a new number two uh, after Montana State's loss. Furman is uh, the Paladins are now number two. It's their highest ranking in, in 18 years. Uh, this week they have a big game. They are at number 14, Chattanooga. And the winner not only clinches uh, at least a share of the uh, Southern Conference title, but actually earns that first automatic bid to the FCS playoffs. Obviously, uh, you know, we're going to fill out a top uh, 2014 field this month. But yes, the SoCon game this week will determine the first playoff spot, Gary, Furman or Chattanooga. Yeah, and you know, I had the chance to go see the mocks at, at Chattanooga and, you know, really took my takeaway from them was that they really are a very structured program. And, and, I, and I think they've got things going their way. Furman has really, you know, come on here and they have cemented themselves as a real, real leader in, in that conference and also in the country now ascending to number two in our poll, which uh, is, is pretty, pretty impressive. So this is, this, this is a contest here, Craig, that is, that is just, you've got a lot of different little nuances that can go either way, but I think it's a great matchup. Yeah, Paladins, you mentioned, I think it's 12 straight Southern Conference wins going back to early last year. Uh, they're on a roll. I mean, it's a tough game though, going to Chattanooga and it's a fun scenario, kind of like, win and, and, and you must pretty much claim everything in the Southern Conference. But now with that in mind, knowing that the Southern Conference race is really going to be determined this week, kind of let's, let's take a look at some of the other conference races that sort of stand out, you know, going into this make or break month of, of November. There's plenty of good ones to pick from, but what, what stands out to you conference-wise, Gary? Well, you got to look to the big sky. That, that really is one of the conferences where you have a lot of action going on there. Montana, you talk about those guys, Idaho, Montana State, all of those 
our, our, our top six in our poll, each of them at four and one in conference. So that's something that you have to look at is the big sky. How are they going to unfold here first in their conference? And then how, is it, does, how does it affect the polls? And we're going to see this over the next several weeks, you know, especially when the big, big sky and Missouri Valley Conference, those team, two, two conferences, Craig, are really going to be vying for a lot, I believe, of the, of the uh, playoff bids here for uh, the FCS championship. Hey, you mentioned the three front runners in the Big Sky: Montana, Montana State, Idaho. But I, it's like a log jam because you got Sacramento State, and, and with those other three, they're all in the top seven of our top twenty-five poll. Idaho State, Portland State, Northern Arizona—they're all one game behind at three and two in the race. It, it's fun to see this going into the final month where there's so many scenarios. But you know, we did talk earlier this year about Montana's non-conference schedule not being the strongest. They really finish up strong in conference. Uh, do you think they can get it done, the Grizz? Yeah, they've got to got to win out pretty much for the for the most part. Sac State, Portland State, Montana State. So yeah, they're going to have a chance, the opportunity to do that in that conference. And I think the Montana uh, it sets up a, in a very good way for them. Yeah, and, and they've lost three in a row to Sacramento State, who they host this week. They've lost five out of six. Uh, of the last meetings of, of the Brawl of the Wild against Montana State, their arch rival. So they really have to, to get it done in this month, uh, last month, but they've really come on strong, Gary, the Montana Grizzlies. Uh, some of the other conferences, I, I do like the the Big South, Ohio Valley, OVC Football Association. Obviously, you know, the Big South and, and the OVC emerged this year. Now, last year, the OVC was, was criticized a little bit because they, they – all their tiebreakers led to a coin flip to determine their automatic bid. Uh, yeah, Southeast Missouri uh, won the flip over UT Martin. UT Martin did not wind up getting an at-large bid, so it was a it was a wild scenario. Right now, Southeast Missouri's three and zero in conference. Uh, UT Martin's three and one, and then you you have uh, the teams that are uh, two and one: Gardner Webb, which beat uh, UT Martin, uh, Bryant, Tennessee State. The big game is probably SEMO at UT Martin coming up in another week, November 11th. But do you like this mix of teams when you have two conferences joined together into, into one league? Yeah, and what they've done, Craig, is they've brought together, you know, smaller smaller conferences to get a larger playing pool here to to, to spread out the schedule just a little bit. And I like what that, what that does for these two conferences. So it gives them a little bit more uh, notoriety, I think across the country and really, really amongst themselves, kind of changing things up a little bit. So I do like the Big South OBC matchups. Yeah. And, you know, we talk about the great matchups and uh, great conference races. The CAA football, the Athletic Association, had 15 members for football, largest conference in FCS history. Of course, that's going to, you know, create a log jam. I mean, Delaware is 5-0 and leading the way. Bunch of teams behind it, but Delaware, sort of like uh, uh, Montana, they finished strong. I mean, they're hosting Elon, they're at Campbell, they're hosting rival Villanova. Whew, I, I, I'm just amazed by how many good teams are in the, the CAA, Gary. Yeah, there really are. And you got three teams, Craig, UAlbany, Elon, and Villanova. They're all a four and one. So, you know, this is not a this race is not yet over. So there's something that is definitely going to occur here over the next two to three weeks. And I, I see all these teams just vying for uh, an opportunity to get on top in that conference. But it is, as you said, a 
a large conference. And really, we've talked about this before, but it's they're almost somewhat unbalanced because they, they all don't play each other because the conference is so big. But they do have, you know, as many conference games on the schedule. So that's what they go with. And it's just a, it's just, you know, maybe the luck of the draw of whether your team has the, all, all the all the goods to get you to the end and uh, possibly be on top of that conference. Yeah, there's probably no way of avoiding that, Gary, the unbalanced schedule. It's a great point. How do, is there any way of fixing that? Not really. Uh, you know, you just have to find, you know, a, a schedule, you know, that you, that you agree with. Uh, I, I think that they probably have some discussions amongst the athletic directors as well as the head coaches as far as how the scheduling is done. Uh, and once you have that agreed to and set upon, which they have, and they, they've got this all in place, that's how they build out these these conference schedules year after year after year after year. And so you're probably not going to have a whole lot of repeat uh, teams that you're playing. Now, there may be some matchups that these conferences put in place that they may do have uh, annual meetings because they had a previous conference or, or historical relationship uh, of a competitor that you want to play on an annual basis. And so some of those are in play when you get these large conferences that you'll be playing a certain opponent every year because it's one of those that you've, you've set out. But that's all in kind of, I'll call it the bylaws of, of what the conference uh, scheduling, start talking about those things when you go to your conference meetings. And that, but that's what, that's what college football is. It's, it's not a perfect science. It really isn't. We have polls. We have all types of different things. But uh, you still got to win them on the field to get, uh, get where you want to go. <laughs> Even perfect science, there would, would be a fan base out there complaining that the, the, they didn't have it right in some way. So <laughs> um, I, I do like how you mentioned, you know, keeping rivalry games intact, even in a, a conference with an unbalanced schedule, uh, because nobody wants to see rivalry games go away. You know, like a Delaware Villanova to end the year, you know, Montana, uh, Montana State, nobody you know would want to see anything but that for rivalry games. Now, there is one other conference I want to mention because all it, you know, it, all it takes is like one undefeated team to get knocked off and suddenly everybody's into the mix, it feels like, in, in a conference race. And, and the Pioneer Football League actually has two uh, undefeated teams atop the standings, Davidson and Drake. Drake has come out of nowhere, more or less. Uh, they, they started last year 0-8, won their final three P, uh, PFL games, and here they are 5-0 and in league play. Now, they don't play each other in the unbalanced schedule. But it creates a, a fun scenario, especially the defending champion, St. Thomas, trying to knock them off. But at the same time, uh, St. Thomas is not eligible during their Division One transition. They're the defending champ. Uh, it's just fun when, 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 what happens when an undefeated team gets knocked off and everybody jumps in. Yeah, everybody else has a chance, they think now, because that team has a, you know, one blemish on their conference record, which, uh, you know, in, in that, that case, they'd have that one loss. And then you got to put all the factors into it. And then you got to read the bylaws of what happens when uh, these teams then have, if they have same conference records and maybe they didn't play, you know, then it's uh, it's one of those things where, you know, it's just the size of the conference didn't allow them to have that, have that matchup. Hmm. I'd probably say Davidson has the easier schedule in November than Drake, but e either way, it's just a uh, you know fun scenario that that one of these teams will be headed uh, you know to the second season of the FCS playoffs. So, great talk on on conference races here. We're going to take a break uh, right now for FCS delivered and we uh, presented by FedEx Ground. We will be right back with segment two.
rehearsals for the school play were really coming along. Bigger smile, Mr. Squirrel. Until a custodian accidentally threw away the costumes. Oh, no. Everyone was rattled. Miss Garrity forgot how to play. And the queen of the hedgehogs almost quit. Find a new queen! But replacement costumes were shipped with FedEx. And with added peace of mind from picture proof of delivery, everyone could focus on the perfect opening night. FedEx, where now meets next. For residential delivery only. Welcome back to FCS Delivered, presented by FedEx Ground. Craig Haley, along with Gary Reasons. Segment two, we always look at our FedEx Ground FCS National Players and Team of the Week. Uh, we love our podcast platforms, Gary, but one thing we hope uh, uh, listeners also are doing are watching on our YouTube channel because uh, that's where we have our video of, of on, your on-campus visits each week to present one of the awards, interviews. I, I have to say, you always reflect the essence of a campus, and I think this week's was... was uh, Excellent, really showed off uh, one, of, one of our FCS schools. But let's get uh, to our week nine uh, FedEx Ground FCS uh, award winners. Yeah, we'll take a look here at the defensive side of the ball. So you start talking about defense. It's really you got to have those teams, those guys come up in, in a big way. And, and I tell you, Terrell Allen from defensive end from Tennessee State, he's the national defensive player of the week. And, you know, he led his team with four, to the four, their fourth straight win. They got a 43-20 win over Lindenwood. He had 10 tackles in the game. Seven of those were solos, six and a half tackles for loss in 30 yards, losses of loss. He has an FCS high four and a half sacks and got a couple of forced fumbles. And one of those led to a touchdown in the game. So monster game for Terrell Allen, a defensive end from Tennessee State, our, our FCS National Defensive Player of the Week, Craig. You know, Gary, with our awards, you know, all five or, or at least four out of five are generally from a winning uh, effort, a winning team, a player on a winning team. But there's always one that stands out that you can't deny even in a loss. And Colgate's uh, Owen Goss, uh, the National Special Teams Player of the Week, they lost the buck now, but he blocked three kicks in this game, which tied the FCS single game record. Um, he started out with a, a blocked field goal in the first quarter, then he blocked uh, extra points in the second quarter and the third quarter. The third one even uh, tried to return for for two defensive points. He made it 67 yards before he was tackled. Just a dominating uh, special teams effort. He also was in on uh, four tackles uh, at free safety, uh, three of them solos. Owen Goss just dominated as uh, from Colgate, the national special teams player of the week. Craig, do you, do you know how 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 often uh, three blocks in a game has ever occurred in, in any college football game by one player? I think that might be a national record of some sort. Maybe that could be it your, is your, the your FCS. Study, study for the week. Yeah, yeah. Well, for the FCS level, Owen was the seventh time. Um, you know, dating back to <laughs> 1978, there was actually a Colgate player who had done it as well. So he's only tying the school record, even though he's tied the national record. My goodness. Well, congratulations uh, uh, to Owen Goss there for, for getting those three blocks. That's amazing. Let's take a look at the freshman player of the week here. We've got Nick Whitfield Jr. He's a quarterback from St. Francis, and it was just his first career start. Their number one quarterback was injured, and so they, he, he, he took care of their largest comeback win since 2012. They were down 21-6 to in the fourth quarter of and they have a 28-21 over Merrimack win. So he had 164 yards. Field Jr. 
two touchdowns, and he also caught a touchdown, Craig, on a trick play. So quarterback for St. Francis, Nick Whitfield Jr., our freshman player of the week. Outstanding. Speaking of outstanding, our, our FedEx Round FCS National Team of the Week, the, the South Dakota State uh, Jack, Jackrabbits, number one, uh, 8-0 this year, uh, 22 straight wins now after beating South Dakota 37-3. 22 straight uh, is tied for the sixth longest winning streak in FCS history. Uh, they just dominated the last three quarters of this rivalry game. Winning by 34 points was the, the biggest margin of victory in this long-standing series in, in 60 years. Uh, just a dominating effort uh, for Coach Jimmy Rogers' squad, offense, defense, special teams. South Dakota State, our national team of the week. All right, Craig, guess what? It's time, it's time to tell you where I went. I went to Austin Peeb to see the offensive player of the week, Mike DeLillo, their quarterback. He had six touchdowns in their game last week, and I tell you, it was a great visit, and, and he had a great game. He threw to six different wide receivers and had a chance to visit this university. It's in Clarksville, Tennessee, and it's a fun campus. And it's a beautiful time, but it's fall just starting there on campus. And you see the the leaves changing, and it's a great time to be on campus. Their, their uh, mascot is the Govs, the governors. And so go to Clarksville, you gotta, gotta go look at their facilities because they are top notch. They've got a great, uh, game field, they've got all great facilities, and they've got a program which Coach Scotty Walden has done a great job of putting the unity into that team and the structure. Mike DeLillo is a true leader. He's a six-year quarterback, and he's a guy who knows a lot about the game, and he is—he demonstrates that every single week for this football team, and you know, had a chance to go out and watch them practice, and I was most impressed with this coach and his practice habits is that they were very, very structured, very upbeat. The tempo of this team is really second to none. There's no walking around in practice. They run everywhere, which I really love because it just kind of brings this team, the mentality and effort together. And, you know, our trophy have made a chance to have a chance to go on campus as well. And uh, Mike DeLillo really had a, had a great, uh, great ball game and really deserved that champion, that, uh, that award. Here's going to be a few shots for you. There's six of these now. Just think of six touchdowns in a football game where a quarterback throws that out there. And so actually when I presented him the award, I actually asked him to name every one of his receivers that he threw a touchdown pass to and had them stand up in our in our little presentation. And uh, he got them all right. He was able to, to find all six of those guys. A couple of them were in class because uh, we had a morning practice there on campus. But uh, I tell you, the Govs, they had a great, did a great job in this, this win uh, last weekend. And this week, they have a, a huge game that they can possibly uh, uh, potentially get themselves in the lead for, for the conference in the UAC. So it's a, it's a cool thing, pretty impressive there. And this is how we did it on campus. We had a chance to look at them. And these guys, they really took what I was telling them. And I, I think this is what was a very fun and opportunity to be involved with this group. And I really like the, the Gubs and their opportunity here. Our partner, FedEx Ground, I'd like to present the National Offensive Player of the Week Award to Mike DeLillo, quarterback, the Gubs. There you go. That was a real fun time, Craig. And guess you know, got a little got a little gear here. You know, got 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 to watch mm -hmm. that. And so, you know, you got to you got to love Austin P. And you got to love the the nickname and kind of what their calling card is is Let's Go P. <laughs>
I can I can tell the enthusiasm of this visit. It just seemed like a fun week at Austin P. And I mentioned at the top of the show how these trips and we watching our videos on our YouTube channel really kind of show the essence of of the campus visits each yeah. week. But I, I have to say, it makes it a little more fun when you're there on Halloween and I see you went trick or treating and found some trick or treaters. Yeah, you know, you know, little 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 treat there. I, I got to see a little bit of a, a, a Velociraptor, I think is what it is. And this is a one of the characters that we caught up with on campus. I had to do a little interview, impromptu interview there, Craig. So just just talking to him and had a lot of fun there. It's just it's just a great campus. And I tell you, uh, Casey Krieger, the sports information director for them on their football program, the communication side, he does a, he did a nice job of showing us around and, and giving us to the right spots and. Congratulations to him and thank you, Casey, for for helping us out. Coach Waldron, uh, I, I love I love the ability to go out there and talk to him. He's a kid, he's a guy from Cleburne, Texas, and I am I grew up just down the road from there, from Crowley, Texas, and he went and he's now out in the state of Tennessee and just loving it. He told me he had a great he's had a enjoyed his time there and, and still loving it. And he's got that program uh, in, in a right in a very very good place and. This weekend is a huge opportunity for them to cement themselves in that UAC picture. You know, seeing that dinosaur on Halloween there in the video, I know the NCAA is giving a lot of student athletes an extra year eligibility or many extra years, but this seems to be a little extreme if that was the oldest redshirt freshman in the nation, Gary. Oh, okay. <laughs> I like, I like that take... Halloween action. <laughs> We're going to take another break. Uh, and we will be back with more FCS delivered by FedEx Ground. When someone accidentally threw away the school play costumes, oh no, replacements were shipped with FedEx. And with picture proof of delivery, everyone could focus on the perfect opening night. FedEx, where now meets next for residential delivery only. Do you like what you're hearing on FCS Delivered today? For more national FCS coverage, please go to theanalyst.com throughout the week. We're the home for the FCS Top 25 Media Poll and the weekly and season-ending FCS National Awards presented by FedEx Ground. We also take you across FCS Nation with stories, predictions, and an inside look. The FCS coverage can be found at theanalyst.com. Welcome back to FCS Delivered, presented by FedEx Ground. Gary Reasons and myself, Craig Haley. We've been talking uh, stats reform, FCS Top 25. We've been talking about the uh, FedEx Ground National uh, Weekly Awards. You can find all this coverage on theanalyst.com, uh, plus a look at uh, week uh, 10 uh, with our preview story each week. Gary, there's three weeks remaining in the regular season. Uh, five games this week will match top 25 teams, which is terrific. You know, I mentioned at the beginning of the year that, you know, there's always some surprises. And out of the 13 FCS leagues going into November, only seven out of the 13 preseason favorites in their respective polls are tied, at least tied for first place. So there's a lot of changes going on. But we have some great games. Let's start this week's uh, look in the Pickums at CAA football. CAA football. Let's take a look at William and Mary and you, Albany, Craig. We going to have this ball game. It's going to be an opportunity, I think, for you, Albany, to, to possibly stay on top here and get on top. And, you know, you've got William & Mary 
they've got a great defense, and they're the tops in the CAA. But I think with uh, with Dylan Kelly, that's a pretty good defense for you, Albany. And uh, they also get back the, and, and can mess with that quarterback. Reese Poffenberger, Barger, I think that he may have an opportunity here in this ball game to kind of cement himself as one of the better quarterbacks that U Albany has ever had. Uh, I'm going to go U Albany at home against William and Mary here to solidify themselves uh, in that conference race. This game is one of those games where I just go back and forth. Five minutes later, I pick one team, and I think, no, that's the wrong pick. I mean, it, it can go either way. I think U Albany's probably a little bit of a favorite being at home, and they've really been impressive this year. I'm, I'm going to go with William and Mary, Gary, because they're a little, their backs are against the wall a little bit. They're five and three, three and two in the league. That log jam we talked about in the CAA, they really need a win here. I think, you know, their pass rush could maybe get it done this week, but certainly could go either one. I'm going to go with the Tribe. Now, we, we mentioned earlier in the Southern Conference how the Furman at Chattanooga uh, winner will gain at least a share of the conference title and will definitely get the automatic bid coming out of that conference to the FCS playoffs. Whew. I'm going to go with Furman, but I tell you what, this is a tough, tough game for them on the road. It really is. And I, I think that Chattanooga, you know, I had a chance to go there and visit with that football team, and they kind of seem like they have things percolating, and this is going to be a home game for them. And they're going to be playing, uh, I think, you know, inspired football. And their quarterback, Chase Artopius, big guy, guy can lead that football team. They've got a pretty good kicker, as we, we've talked about, talked with him. He was our, our, our player of the week when I went out there. Uh, with Cody Crowell. So he he had a, has may have something to say in this. I'm going to take the, the mocks at home in this game to against Furman. <laughs> if you do a FedEx Crown uh, National Awards on campus visit, that that seems to become your team. I like that. You, you've seen you Albany, you've seen the mocks. We have another one coming up, but we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, let's go to the SWAC. Uh, we mentioned earlier that the Florida A&M clinched the East uh, Division spot in the SWAC championship game. First place is on the line in the West Division, Southern at Alcorn State. They're both 4-1 and one in conference. Now, the winner will get sole possession of first place. There's, there's certainly more games to go. Nobody will clinch it with the win. But either way, it's a fun matchup. Who do you have in this one? Uh, I think, Craig, this game is all about defense, and both teams are playing lights out defense. But I think that Alcorn State – at home is going to be the one that's going to smother Southern in this football game. So I got Alcorn State here. <laughs> I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go Alcorn as well. Um, this is like, a, you know, an 18 to 17 kind of game, you know, maybe a wacky number with a safety or something. So I agree. It, it's a defensive struggle, and, and both teams have really come on strong. Now, your most recent uh, FedEx Ground FCS Awards uh, visit, Austin P. They're on the road this week uh, at Eastern Kentucky, the United Athletic Conference. Uh, first place is on the line. They're both 3-0. and Central Arkansas is a game behind in the race. Uh, who do you have in this one? I think I know, Gary. Uh, I, I think I think you have to go back with this right here. Just, you know, I got I got the sweatshirt. It all works. And uh, I love the team. I love the coach. I love the I love the quarterback. I love the players on the football team. It's just just a high energy thing. I, I think that this team to me was one of one of our more fun visits out there, and I really enjoyed that. But on the football field, they have done it pretty well this year. They've they've scored forty plus points five times this season. Their quarterback Mike Delillo is hot. They've got a great running back in Javon Jackson. Uh, I think this is a game that uh, Austin P can really uh, you know kind of set themselves on the on the trajectory that I think they're on. 
Yeah, it, it's a slugfest. I mean, we're talking, you know, 40 to 35. They go back and forth. Parker McKinney gets it done, obviously, the, the Eastern Kentucky quarterback. He, he's got 111 career uh, touchdown runs and, and passes in 50 games. He gets it done. I'm going to stick with, uh, with you, uh, Mike DeLoa, and the governors. I'll go Austin P as well. Now, we, we talked earlier about Montana, how their schedule is so tough to end the year. This week, uh, the number four Grizz are hosting number seven, Sacramento State. I, I mentioned that Sacramento State has won the last three meetings since 2019, so they've, they've been you know the dominant team in recent years. Ooh, who do you have in this one? Uh, I just have to take the home team here, and, and the Grizz going to defend that, that turf at home. And I think that they're going to play some stout defense here in this football game, Craig. And Sac State, we've talked about them. And even from last year, how they ascended into the top of, of that conference and that, that they're playing very, very well and very deserved of, of their ranking at number seven. But I think that Montana has kind of got a firm foothold here on who they are, what they're doing. And I think this is going to be a tough win, but I think the Grizz do get it done at home. That's a great point, Gary. I mean, this is a different Grizz team that, that was in October than what we saw in September. And, and, and similar to Sac State, uh, they've now shown last week that they, they have two quarterbacks that they can utilize. And Sac State has done that in recent years. They, they brought on a, a freshman last week. That, that's key going down the line as well. I mean, you're talking playoffs. You need a, a second quarterback in case something happens. And both teams showed that last week getting it done. I'm going to agree, uh, take, take them as a pick as you, Gary, because they just seem like a different team. That brings us to our FedEx ground uh, game of the week for uh, number 11, North Dakota State at number one, South Dakota State in the Missouri Valley Conference. Woo, how times have changed. Uh, the Bison have been the dynasty. South Dakota State, their rival, has won the last four meetings going into this matchup. Woo, ah, I don't know. I, I, I'm going to go sac, uh, uh, South Dakota State, but I, I just think it's a great game either way. Yeah, I think that South Dakota State, this is one game every single year that they just kind of circle that NDSU on their schedule. And they say, hey, regardless of anything that happens, this is one game that we really want to put uh, uh, our best effort in it and come away with a W. And I think they're, they're positioned to do that here in a big way against uh, against North Dakota State this this year, Craig. You know, their, their team is really, is really primed and you know, they've got great defense, Logan Cop has done a great job. They have to play well. In South Dakota State, they run the football very well. They're a powerful football team. Isaiah Davis, Amar Johnson, those guys running the ball are just kind of setting the table for, for that football team. Uh, I think South Dakota State at home is going to win and win handily against uh, North Dakota State. Now, I'm not going to say handily. I think, I think the Bison can take it into the fourth quarter and, and keep it close. And, and I'll tell you why. Not only is it a rivalry game, and the Jackrabbits would, uh, you know, be up for that, obviously, uh, at home. But the Jackrabbits, their schedule is unlike anybody else's in the Missouri Valley. They're not playing the, the three bottom teams, uh, Indiana State, Murray State, Western Illinois. They're playing the best teams. And if you look at their, their succession of games, at some point, they may not come out on fire. And I, I think the Bison might have a chance in this one. I'm picking the Jackrabbits. There, there is one scenario I, I, I picked up on a few years ago, Gary, and I've been following, and it's still true. The last 20 meetings of this great rivalry, the team with the higher time of possession has won every time, all 20 times. 
So that is the key. You mentioned the run game. I just think it's a great game either way. But you do want to be able to run the ball in this matchup, Gary. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's going to be a slugfest. It'll be it'll be tough. It'll be physical. It'll be one of those games that you expect to see. That's the kind of game that you'll have. And I, there's there's no doubt about that. Time of possession is critical. When you run the football, you're going to be able to eat up that clock. And the team that is doing it better obviously may have that football longer, which kind of uh, plays into a winning formula, Craig. So I think that the time of possession is a critical thing here. Yes. Well, that's our FedEx Crown FCS game of the week. Uh, number 11, North Dakota State at number one, South Dakota State. Uh, it's going to be a great week of, of, of games. We mentioned there's five within the top 25 playing each other. That's always a tremendous uh, scenario for fans, let alone the players and coaches. But that brings uh, an end to our, our episode of uh, FCS Delivered, uh, presented by FedEx Ground. We want to Thank FedEx Ground and also Stats Perform for, for bringing you our podcast every week. Seth Biley and Graham Bell are our producers. You can find all our coverage on theanalyst.com and, and on various social media platforms, including X is probably our most uh, popular one, at FCS underscore stats, S-T-A-T-S. Gary, how are you going to be viewing these games this week? Oh, well, I just got to say, let's go pee, okay? That, that's that's what we got to go do. We got to go say, let's go pee, and uh, um, we'll figure out the rest of it here over the weekend, okay? <laughs> go Cubs. <laughs> all right, well, thank you, Gary. We're looking forward to all the action. Wish you the safe travels coming up, and we thank everybody for tuning into another episode of FCS Delivered, presented by FedEx Crown.